This is Ira on Sports, True Oldies Channel. I'm Mike Balsamo. Time to bring in Hal Abib from the Palm Beach Post. He's the uh, Miami Dolphins beat writer. And Hal, thank you so much for joining us today. Man, every offseason for every team is all about uh, introspection and, you know, how do we get better? What do we have to upgrade? What could we do differently? I feel like the Dolphins have been in this situation now for a couple of years where everyone's looking at them. What are the Miami Dolphins going to do, of course, with Tua Tagovailoa? And they're going into a draft, Hal, that really has a lot of talent. And they may even be able to get a guy in the second round that they really like. What's your thoughts on what the Dolphins should do and what are they going to do with their current situation with Tua? Well, there was a point, um, I would say, three-quarters of the way through the season when I thought it was an obvious decision. You know, you got to extend him. Uh, he's leading the league in uh, passing accuracy, passing yards, and everything else under the sun. <clears throat> he's proven he can stay healthy. Uh, why would you not extend him? And then, and then <laughs> the final month of the season came along. And all of a sudden, a team that scored 70 points in one game <laughs> couldn't score 70 in the final four games combined. And uh, that's not all on Tua, but uh, some of it has to be. And so now you're kind of in a situation of um, it's really a sticky, uh, a sticky decision. And you could probably make a decent case either way. Uh, maybe you should wait. Maybe you should pull a trigger. Um, I wouldn't want to be Chris Greer right now because <laughs> he's he's really having to wrestle with this, I would think. Even though, you know, he, he came out and said after the season that they want to have him here long term. Uh, but I don't know if it's quite as easy as he said. <clears throat> yeah, and how you know, it's one of those things like I'm a New York Giants fan. We <clears throat> saw what happened with the New York Giants. Getting, uh, granted, Daniel Jones was hurt for most of the season. But we saw what happens when you don't make the right choice at quarterback. It can set your franchise back half a decade. It's it's, it's horrible. And we just don't want to see the Dolphins go that route. Ira, do you want to – I mean, Ira kind of brought up on Ira on sports a couple of weeks ago. The Dolphins' season was kind of lost a month before it ended by some mistakes with Tennessee. Ira, what do you ever how? Yeah, I really think – you know, how I, th I just think the Tennessee game was just such a – it's sort of, you know – out of out of out of world ex body experience, the fact that they were leading by two touchdowns in a game, and if they win that Tennessee game, and they you know win that Dallas game, and then those last two games don't even matter. They had a five game, a three game lead with five games to go. I think that that Tennessee game just set the you know as much as all the issues they had as they said, oh, we can't beat the good teams, but we can always beat the bad teams. Losing to Tennessee was, I think, what really caused the rest of the problems for the rest of the year. Yeah, you know, if you look at the analytics, it'll say that Miami at that point had a 99% chance of winning. I don't think the chance was actually that low. I, it should have been <laughs> should have been higher than that, you know. Um, they had no business losing that game. I think they certainly took their foot off the gas, and they gave up one score. Okay, that's bad enough, you know. We'll, we'll play out the string and, and take the win and go home. And yet, next thing you know... Will Levis is throwing bombs all over the place. Miami has no answer for them. And, you know, a win turns into a loss. And it's Mike Vrabel's, you know, final gift to Tennessee. Um, I, that really did set the team back. They never really recovered from that. Uh, they, they did come back and have a decent win against Dallas. I can't take that away from them. But other than that, it was a disappointing end. Another disappointing end. 
Stewie Dolphin season. And then you mentioned you had a great article two days ago in the Palm Beach Post about Tua, and you you know the numbers speak for themselves. You know these great statistics, but he did have 14 receptions, 13 fumbles. They were 10 and one against non-playoff teams, but one and six against playoff teams. His road record, all those other things. Those are some of the concerns that you would have in terms of you know like you're going to have to go and win, and you have to beat Josh Allen, you're going to beat Patrick Mahomes, you're going to beat Justin, you're going to beat these great quarterbacks in these games. And Joe Burrow, healthy Joe Burrow, and it's two of the person. You know, it's one thing to win. And score 70 against a bad Denver team, but are you going to do against these better elite teams? Absolutely. And Mike McDaniel, to his credit, acknowledged it. It's sort of a, he didn't come out and say your, your record is what you, it says you are, but, you know, he did acknowledge that the narrative was going to be there until they prove people wrong. And, you know, for the most part, outside of the Dallas game, they never did prove anybody wrong. And it's sort of an indication that, they were a good team, but they weren't a very good team, and they certainly weren't an elite team. And when you look at the roster and the star power on that roster, um, they, they should have done better than what they did. Uh, injury is certainly a factor, uh, and that, that would be the one mitigating thing, and a major mitigating thing, I should say, because they, uh, the injury seemed to hit not only star players, but star players – at the same positions at the same time. And I don't know if many teams could really overcome that. Right. I mean, it was so fun to watch because they got every question we had last year. Can they run the ball? You had most most start at chain run and come in and just have these amazing running games. Uh, can Tua stay healthy? All you see quarterbacks get hurt all throughout the league. He stayed healthy the whole season. It was just amazing. They were able to overcome those two obstacles. And the fact that Vic Fangio improved the defense, even with all the injuries they had. And you're thinking, wow, OK, Tua stayed healthy. They got a great running game. Tyreek Hill stayed healthy most of the year and the defense was improved. What happened? <laughs> how did they? How they were playing in Kansas City in that day? It's like it is surprising the fact that if I said going in the year that would happen, and then they'd still have this disappointing end of the year. Yeah, I, you know when uh, Jalen Ramsey came in, um, he had missed you know the first half of the year with a knee injury. When he came in, they were twenty first in the league in defense, and several weeks later they were uh, they'd risen all the way up to number four. So that's the kind of impact that Ramsey had. But then after that, you know, Jalen Phillips goes down with the Achilles, and shortly thereafter they lose Bradley Chubb, then they lose Andrew Van Ginkle, and all of a sudden their pass rush is uh, on injured reserve. And that's just one example of how those injuries hit at one position at one time. Um, at the same time, you know, they had some banged-up uh, players at running back. HN missed a good chunk of the year with a knee injury that – we still, it, it's sort of a mystery because I was talking to him after the game when he got hurt, and there was no sign whatsoever that he was really hurt. All of a sudden, from there, he goes on injured reserve, and then Mostert had some injuries at the end of the year, missed a couple of games. Likewise, Jalen Waddle missed a couple of games at the end of the regular season, and all of those things just compounded their inability to put points on the board. And you mentioned your article a lot about the contracts with quarterbacks and why it, you know, they're, oh, a star quarterback like Herbert, who was drafted one pick after him, 52 million, 133 million guaranteed. 
But is there something to be said that the Dolphins could work something out with Tua? Maybe Tua has to realize it's like, this is the best place for me. Mike McDaniel's offense is the best. I, I'm not going to go to Pittsburgh and be their quarterback. Like, it's just impossible to think that's going to happen. Could they? Is there a middle ground where they doesn't have to get this huge contract, but something sort of like a middle class, like multi-zillion dollar salary instead of the, these huge numbers, maybe in a Daniel Jones contract, which was way too high? Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned the Daniel Jones example because I did think about that when I was putting the column together, um, and that that is a kind of a warning sign for all the teams, really. Um, it is possible that maybe they go for some kind of middle of ground type thing. The the one thing is though that the Dolphins have been very careful to uh, build up to his confidence ever since Mike McDaniel got here. Uh, you know, Brian Flores was more in the tough love category, and Mike McDaniel totally reversed his approach and and uh, tried to encourage Tua before he even really set foot in South Florida. So the danger there is if you come in with a, a contract that has all kinds of strings attached, is that going to make Tua wonder, hey, do they really have faith in me? Why aren't they putting their money where you know their mouth is type thing um it it's that too is a tricky thing for chris Greer, and he'll have to navigate that i'm sure he'll be in consultation with mike mcdaniel and try to figure out the best approach to to make that happen and also you know he you can't lose sight of the fact that tua has had one year where he played all 17 games that's definitely to his credit especially in a year that was a terrible year for quarterback injuries. But he has only had that one year when he was able to go through pretty much unscathed, and and that would be another consideration. And one last question, How this is, we're talking to Howe Abib of the Palm Beach Post. You can follow him at Twitter at, at Gunner Howe. You have always great tweet. You tweet a lot, which is good. So G-U-N-N-E-R-H-A-L. Um, people, Dan Campbell is the, everyone's toasting him and have this great win and how the Lions are doing. And I think, you know, I mentioned to a lot of my friends, I go, you realize he coached the Dolphins for a year? I think people forget, you know, and they got rid of him for Andrew Gaze, which seems like this dark history of the Dolphins. But that is, you know, you remember those times when it's like the question, you're saying, why did the Dolphins get rid of Dan Campbell, who looks like to be one of the smartest, you know, the most at least in-touch coaches in the league right now. Yeah, and uh, if you go back to that point, I was arguing uh, very forcefully that the Dolphins needed to hold on to Dan Campbell. And uh, I I remember they upset uh, New England in the last game of the regular season. Right, that's right. Yeah, I remember that, yes. Yeah, and we're standing outside the locker room waiting for them to open it up for reporters. And we could hear the players chanting Dan Campbell's name through the door. They were that vocal in, in making their point across that, you know, Steve Ross needed to hold on to this guy. And it's funny because in that uh, introductory news conference with Gase, um, Steve Ross even said, I love Dan Campbell. Well, <laughs> apparently he didn't love him quite enough. Now, you know, who's to say Dan from there went to New Orleans, spent several years as Sean Payton's assistant head coach. Maybe those years made the difference in Dan getting to where he is with the Lions right now. Maybe he wasn't ready at that point with Miami, but, you know, if I had to guess, I I would say he probably was ready. He certainly inspires players. We all can see that. And, um, yeah, uh, we'll never know what would have been. 
But, well, anyway, well, thanks a lot, Hal. I really, really appreciate you coming on Iron Sports and giving us some insight into the Dolphins' big offseason because we're going to be hearing, you know, a lot about to his contract and every players are going to add. So it's exciting. I, I, I think this is, you know, some for, for the Dolphin fans, they're very intrigued whether, you know, how the Dolphins handle this. So thank you very much for coming on Iron Sports. Thanks for having me.